We certainly do. We're here to bless the name of our great God. Thank you, Miss Patty. Again, thank you, choir and congregation, for the good singing. We appreciate our little children so much and pray that's a great blessing what you gave to those children who are in need. It's exciting this morning to share the Word of God with you. We're in Mark chapter number 7. Mark chapter number 7. And we'll be preaching on a mother who is willing to beg for bread. A mother who is willing to beg for bread. Mark chapter 7. In the middle of this chapter, we have this encounter of Jesus with the Syrophoenician woman. We begin in verse 24, and I would like to read through verse number 30 with you. If you found your place and you're able, we'd invite you to stand with your copy of the Scriptures open, and we'll honor and reverence the reading of God's holy and errant, infallible, inspired Word together. The Bible says in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verse 24, And from thence he, that's Jesus, arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into the house and would have no man to know it, but he could not be hid. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her. And Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet that to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. And he answered and said unto him, Lord, or yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way, the devil has gone out of thy daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the devil gone out and her daughter laid upon the bed. Father, thank you again for the privilege and the honor of being in your house on this appointed day. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to take your word and share the truths therein in a way that you'd be glorified and our lives would change. God, we know that'd take a work of God. So we pray that you'd help me to decrease and you increase. That the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight for you're our strength. You are our Redeemer. We trust you, God, with this service. Do that which pleases you. God, give us a great day. May you draw us unto yourself. May you be glorified. May we be helped. We ask all of it in Jesus' strong name. All God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Again, we have in our text a mother who was willing to beg for bread concerning her daughter. You know, President Abraham Lincoln once said that a man is never poor who has a godly mother. This is a special day to make mention and also to honor the mothers that set aside that day by President Woodrow Wilson. But it was only set aside after he had recognized the devotion of Anna Jarvis to her own mother. Listen to this. Forty years she spent and trying to get those to see the importance of such a day of honoring our mothers. So there's nothing like a mother's love. I'll testify to that. She not only carried us inside of her womb for nine months, endured sickness. Any mama here remember morning sickness? My daughter was two weeks of the flu. You'll get that later. My wife was in denial. She endured sickness, discomfort, pain, 
and all the suffering that is associated with labor and delivery. Let me tell you this morning that your mother came to death's door in order to bring you into this world. And God used our mothers to give us life. She is also a fierce protector and a nurturer of her children. There are many, many great role models of motherhood throughout the Holy Scripture. I love Proverbs 31 of a virtuous woman. I love Hannah's story. I love the mother of Jesus, Mary's story. There are so many that we could allude to this morning. But this morning's text, we have a mother who out of desperation was willing to beg for the sake of her child. If you ask me, this text this morning is more relevant to the struggle of our mothers today. I'm talking a struggle. It's not easy bringing up children in a society and a culture that hates God and has rejected His holy word. We need mamas who will beg God for their children's needs. And this woman, her experience with Jesus grips my heart like no other. Again, I would suggest we need many more women like this. Why would the Lord place this particular encounter in the canon of Scripture? Well, it's for our example, and I believe it's something we need to learn and we need to follow specifically in our day. Verse 24 and verse 25 teaches us that this woman was a mother who was hopeful. We live in a dark world. Many are running low on patience and hope. But I need you to be like the woman of our text. See, I believe as long as there's a God on a throne, there's hope for our children and our situation. Here was a mother who was hopeful. Let me read it again. The Bible says, And thence Jesus arose and went out to the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house, and he would have no man to know it, but he could not be hid. I want you to focus in on that. And a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. And so I see a hopeful mother, but hope is seen in her desperation. We see a diligent search in this text. This dear woman diligently and desperately sought after Jesus for her family troubles. She wasn't raised this way. But everything that she knew and had as a resource had failed her. And so she was diligently seeking after the Lord. And where did she find him? She found him in seclusion. The Bible said he had withdrawn himself from the crowds, but yet he could not be hid. I told you I wanted you to focus on that. I rejoice greatly this morning for that little statement. He could not be hid. You can't hide Jesus. You can't hide the activity of Almighty God. I know in his flesh, as a man that took on, as God who took on flesh in the incarnation, he did ministry nonstop. He was tired. He often looked for rest, but he just simply could not be hid. And I praise God for that because he himself has chosen to reveal himself unto humanity. He is not hid from us. He is an ever-present help in a time of need. Somebody needs to thank him for that this morning, and someone needs to remember that this morning. He cannot be hid. The Bible says, those who seek me early shall find me. 
I'm glad Isaiah said, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Here was a woman who was not waiting for the next public meeting. She was not waiting for the next service in the synagogue. Everybody knew that his accustomed was being in the synagogue on the Sabbath day, but she would not wait. Kind of like so many here this morning who may be procrastinating on seeking the Lord for your children. Maybe seeking the Lord for your situation. Matter of fact, you've already started this morning in your mind by saying, I know I need to seek the Lord because my children may be not going in the right direction. My family life is not exactly where it needs to be. Home life, work life, life in general. I know I need the Lord. I know that he's an ever-present help in a time of need, but maybe, maybe I'll just wait for the next meeting. Maybe I'll wait for the revival. That's when you're supposed to make decisions. I'll wait for the next church service or maybe prayer meeting where others could help me voice a prayer. If you do that, I'm here to tell you, you'll miss him. You'll miss him. Today is the day. Now is the appointed hour, but not her. Here was a woman out of her desperation. She had to meet Jesus. And how many knows about desperation? I mean, right now. She needed the Lord more than she needed her next breath. She needed to meet with him. Her daughter's life depends upon a miracle of Almighty God. Can I tell you, your children do. Your children and my children do too. Outside of the miraculous work of God in their life, they're a chew toy for the devil. You can agree with me if you want to or you don't sit back and you can watch it happen. I could preach that again. We need a, the work of God in the life of our children. She wasn't going to wait till next Sunday. She needed him now. I see her desperate situation. Why? Because her young daughter, her little girl, get those words in your mind. Young daughter, little girl. That's how ruthless our adversary is. This young daughter was lost and undone without God. There is no greater need. Not making the cheer squad. Not making travel ball. There is no way in the world that it can ever compare to having a child lost and undone without God. The greatest need is they be introduced to the Lord Jesus and His great salvation. She was desperate because the devil had possessed her. And by the way, this is not just a case of bad behavior. I'm not talking about dealing with bradish behavior that can be corrected with rod or reason. No, this little girl, according to the text, was demented, tormented, occupied, and controlled by Satan. Mom, there are two things that you need to recognize and realize this morning. Number one, the devil is real. Satan is real. Number two, he desires to destroy your children. He doesn't hide about that. He's not secret about that. John 10, 10 says, The thief cometh not but to kill, steal, and destroy. The devil desires to have our children. And I don't know if you're like I am. I, my heart melts with children. I love kids. Matter of fact, the nursery workers could attest that, to that fact and probably wished I didn't care so much about them. Because before I come in here, I always go back to the nursery and I always go back to the children and they say I harass them. 
The nursery workers and children's workers say, I stir them up before I come in here. And they would much rather me just to pass right on by and come here, but I can't help it. I love those children. Did it do anything to anybody's heart seeing them come in here? What a blessing. I know there's others who swell because, again, labor delivery, you went nine months to bring them in here. They are your pride and joy. But they're our children. God has entrusted us with the privilege of those children, and I love them. And it breaks my heart just to entertain the thought that the devil desires to destroy each and every one of them. He has alcohol, he has drugs, he has immorality, he has all kinds of things to destroy their life and drag their souls to hell. He's on mission. He's busy. If that don't make you desperate, I don't know anything that would. Here was a mama. Here was a mama who saw this. She recognized the activity. She reminds us what Peter would tell us. Peter said, you have an adversary. And he walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Satan's claws and fangs sank deep into this precious little girl. And if Jesus did not deliver her, there was no help. And if that don't drive a mom to Jesus, if that won't bring you to an old-fashioned altar in brokenness, how hopeless really are you? But not this woman. Her hope was in the Lord. I, I, I like that song we sing. I'll, I'll trust in you. Why do we sing that with a smile on our face? Because we've been in those situations. And we can stand and testify to the power of God being greater than that than the power of Satan. I'm so thankful that we have testimony after testimony of how God has delivered. This woman had hope in Jesus. I would encourage you as a mother, never lose your hope in Jesus. No matter what you're going through with your children, your family, your situation, give your trust to Christ. She was a mother who was very humble. The Bible says at the ending of verse number 25, when she had heard, heard of Jesus, she came and fell at his feet. And the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. And she besought him that he would Cast the devil out of her daughter. I see humility in her position. She came and she fell at his feet. And the Bible says that she heard first. That's important. We're not doing our job. Because there's so many out here that are desperate and without hope. Why? Because of you. Because of me. Because of the church. We've been silent for too long. People need to know there's hope in Jesus. How would they know unless you tell them? Isn't that the Bible? I'm still in the scriptures. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, that faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so she had heard the truth of the word of God. She heard, she came, she fell at his feet. When she heard, she made a conscious decision and a conscious choice to believe and come to Christ. What a position of great humility for this Canaanite woman. This Syrophoenician Greek woman to come and to fall at the feet of a Jew. But God's word teaches us, and I want you to hear this if you hear nothing else. Humility positions you for grace. Humility is a position to where you can receive the grace of God. Why? Because those who are haughty and proud shall be cut off. But those who humble themselves in the mighty hand of God shall be exalted in due time. That's grace. Grace. 
is a great position. She came, she fell at his feet, and she expressed her need. Here was a woman who showed humility in her person, she being a Syrophoenician woman, a Canaanite, as I mentioned, a Greek. Uh, she was from a pagan nation, if you didn't know that, a people who abhorred God, abhorred the prophets of God, the people of God. They mistreated them and manhandled them. She grew up in and was surrounded by a dark pagan environment. She was raised and reared in the hellish Greek culture. And obviously, she went against everything that she thought was right and true as a child. She went against her upbringing. She went against what her parents taught her to be truth in order to come and hear and fall before the feet of Jesus, a Jew. What would you say to that, Pastor? I'd say that just takes a little bit of common sense to recognize there is no hope in this world. There, there is no real hope in false religions of this world. I hope you all are following me. All it takes is... For everything you thought was right, have a child that gets tormented, played with by the devil. And you'll see what's real and what's not. You'll see what works and what doesn't work. This world offers no answers. Matter of fact, this world opens wide the door and rolls out the carpet for the activity of Satan. They applaud it, they recognize it, they promote it, and they embrace it. They bring greater destruction upon our children. Philosophies, ideologies, and false world religions are just that. They open a wide door, they roll out a red carpet, for the activity of the devil in the life of our children. Our only hope is Jesus. So I'm telling you, it doesn't take a lot of intellect. It doesn't take a lot of searching. All it takes is real life experience, understanding that everything that you thought was enough, everything you thought was efficient, if I can just get them in the right circle of friends, y'all gonna let me preach. If I can just get them to join the right clubs and go to the right school and get the right education, they'll turn out all right. But the devil's everywhere. He's working overtime. Ivy League schools, graduating with honors, having the choice job is no promise of a life that's pleasing with God. Only hope is in Jesus. I, wanna, I said all that and I've taken extra time to ask you the question. Haven't you lived long enough in this world to realize they've, they've got to be something more? My kids need something more than the education system. My kids need something more than the inner circles to run with. My children need so much more than all the extracurricular out there that is entertaining them. They need something more to do life and to face God at the end of life. They need Jesus. So this woman, she might not have been a Jew. She might have been outside the covenant of Israel. She may not have been blessed with all the scriptures, but she heard 
She heard from him. She heard of him. She came to him. She fell at his feet. And I've got to tell you, that was the greatest decision she's ever made in her life. It was a wonderful decision. And so I would say, I would encourage you, even though that she went against all of her pride, her upbringing, her hatred, her prejudice against Jews, she came to Jesus. And maybe you're here this morning and your upbringing is not much different. Maybe you were raised in a home that had nothing for God, nothing for church, nothing for preachers, but desperate measures. And desperate times call for desperate measures. A true mother, a true mother will sacrifice all for the welfare of her children. And by the way, as I said earlier, it was the best decision of her life. And I want to tell you, you will never, ever be disappointed in coming to Christ. Amen. Never. There's no shame in coming to Jesus. The only shame is walking away. Look at her plea. The Bible says that she begged God to deliver her daughter. And if you don't think it matters what you subject your children to, you need a CAT scan. Are you being mean? I'm being honest. Something is really, really wrong with you if you just turn your children loose and allow them to be subjected and influenced by anything that this world has to offer. If you place them in a wicked environment, if they're raised in a hellish society outside of a miracle of God, they'll be a product of this hellish society. I don't need your post notes. I don't need your letters and emails. I'm just telling you, you'll either listen to reason or you'll learn of experience. This world is not a friend to our children. They're at enmity against God and they desire to destroy our children. You'll find yourself in a desperate situation like this woman crying out to Jesus for help and deliverance. And by the way, I don't think there's anything more debilitating than having lost children controlled by Satan. I'd just soon my kid be reared in a barn with no education. And no Jesus to be the most successful person on this planet and not know who God is. She was a mother who was hungry. Verse 27 gets a bit confusing. Stay with me. Jesus said unto her, let children first, let the children first be filled, for it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it into the dogs. And he, she answered and said unto him, yes, Lord. Yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, for this saying, go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the devil gone out and the daughter laid upon the bed. So I find a mother that's hungry. Don't ever lose your hunger, church. Mothers, don't ever lose your hunger for the things of God. It's seen in her examination, and this is exactly what verse 27 is. It was a test from the Lord. These seemingly calloused words from our Lord are not what they appear. They are not in any form derogatory. The word is not what we would think. It's not a scavenger dog, a dog just trying to grab a meal and go. has nothing to do with that. The word our Lord used is a little puppy. Our Lord was simply testing her humility as well as her hunger. You know, you can have all the right words, but it really not be in your heart. You can use the church words. You can use the vernacular of Zion. You know what I'm talking about? 
but it really not have any hunger in your soul for the things of God? You can act all pious and hungry. You can act pious and not really want God. You can act humble, but is it a show or is it the sincerity of your heart? So Jesus gives a test here. He was testing her humility as well as her hunger, but Jesus knew her heart, but the others needed to see her heart and to hear her desperation. Why? Because her example could change so many lives. You know, she could have rose up right then and there, claimed in ignorance or in arrogance that she was just as good, if not better than any of the Hebrews standing in the midst. But she didn't. Matter of fact, she passed this test with flying colors. She accepted in all humility of all the weakness of herself, her family, her pagan religion to which she belonged. It's true, Lord. I'm a pagan. I'm a heathen, a Canaanite. I'm not of the covenant of Abraham. I'm not a child of Isaac and Jacob. I belong to an idolatrous and sinful people. But Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And that's all I'm asking for. A crumb from you is more than enough for what I need. Did I tell you earlier? Humility is a position to receive the grace of God. Those who humble themselves in the mighty, mighty side of God shall be exalted in due time. She was hungry and she would be fed. How many's nibbled on a crumb and found out it was more than you need? She said, Lord... That's all I need. I know who I am. Kind of reminds me of the publican, you know. that come to the temple to pray, but he couldn't. He couldn't go in. He, he couldn't even look up. He couldn't even lift up his head. And all he could do was smote himself on the breast and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. See, the problem is we think too much of ourselves. We need to know who we are. We're but clay. We're but dust. We're nothing. We deserve no grace nor mercy. But God, rich in grace and mercy, hath loved us. I don't know why. But he hath loved us with an everlasting love. Oh, what manner of love he has bestowed on us. Is there anyone here that could not raise their hand and say, God has been better to me than I deserve? He's a good, good father. Lord, I know who I am. Humility. But God, I'm hungry. I need you. I can't. My fathers can't. My father's father's religion can't. My whole nation is helpless. My way of life is hopeless. But I've heard from you. I'm calling upon you. And I need help from you. I believe that's a prayer that God wouldn't overlook. God remembers humility. God feeds the hungry. She passed this test. I would tell you it's seen in her determination. She was determined in her faith. Her search, her speech was godly. Notice the terminology. She said, yes, she agreed with God. I'm nothing, you're everything. She used the term Lord. She acknowledged him as the high, holy, exalted one. The high besides him, there is none else. She was agreeable with the Lord. She addressed him as who he is, the Lord. And she was determined for her family. Satan would not get her daughter without a fight. Where are those mamas today? Oh, honey, it's all right. You don't have to go to church. You just do what you want to do. 
Why don't you just roll out the carpet for Satan? Why don't you just invite him into your home? Are y'all just looking at me like that? Honey, you, you don't have to be a part of youth group. Don't worry about it. Children's choir, listen, don't worry about it. Awanas, ah, we're too busy. I don't feel like going. I wouldn't be in your shoes in the day of judgment for all the wealth this world has to offer. And I don't think you're seeing the folly of your ways. You're rolling out the red carpet. You're opening a wide door. Our children don't need less of Jesus. In this day we live in, they need so much more of Jesus. They need Him. They need Him more than they need their next breath. And you're their parent. Quit letting them be a parent. Did He just say that? You've got a responsibility unto God. As I look at these children... As I look out here and I see children, I know. Some of them are saying, I ain't no kid no more. Well, yes, you are. Yes, you are. And I love you. And this church loves you. And it boils my blood that someone would just hand their child over to Satan without a fight. Not this mama. This mama would fight for her child. Don't you tell me she didn't. She left her home and the ways of her upbringing. And she went as a Canaanite and fell at the feet of Jesus and said, Dear God, help me for my child. We're in trouble. My daughter's tormented by the devil. There's hope in you. Only you can deliver her. Well, I'm ministering to the house of Israel first. I know. I know why you came. I've heard who you are. But just a crumb is all I'm asking. Oh, we need mamas like that. We need mamas that'll fight for their children. She would fight for the soul as long as she had breath. If she were beaten, battered, and even buried, she would give her life for her child's deliverance. And by the way, her praise would be remembered long beyond the grave. This dear woman's faith is now. I mean, some 2,000 years later, we're speaking of it, we're reading of it, we're inspired by it, we're convicted of it and challenged by it. It's forever recorded in the eternal word of God. Can't you just hear her say, Lord, just a crumb for the sake of my little girl? I'd like to see some mamas up here this morning just begging for a crumb. Help me, Lord, you're my only hope. You're the only one that's able. Can I tell you, your, your children's hope, your family's hope, your situation's hope, no matter what it is, it's only found in Jesus. There is no other help. The scene in her salvation, I love this, the power of deliverance, those who are hungry. You remember what Jesus said? And I believe his word's true. He said there on the Sermon on the Mount, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, what does he say? They shall be filled. Have you ever told up to the table of God and not been satisfied? Have you ever come thirsty and hungry and not walked away just blessed of God? And so she was. Just one word. Even at a distance. Because some mama sitting right here said, oh, I'd give anything if my daughter was here. I'd give anything if my son was here. Oh, God. It'd be the highlight of my life if I could just have them around this altar. See you do a work in their life. As a mom, I'd, I'd give anything just to be around this altar with my children. They're in another state. They're in another place. They're grown. I, I'm not able. Whatever the situation is. 
Can I give you some hope this morning? Her daughter wasn't with her either. But she still came to Jesus. God said, because of your faith, at your very word, God's word, in that moment, she's healed. She's delivered. See, that's the God I serve. Time or distance don't have a thing in the world on him. He's proved it over and over again, and he did it again for this lady. And so I'm thankful that she was delivered. When faith is exercised, grace is extended. Paul said, for by grace are you saved through faith. And I close with this thought. There's proof of deliverance, and I want to end there. The devil, the Bible says, the devil has gone out of there. There was the absence of evil. There's a recognizable change. If God said it, that's enough. I believe it. But seeing's believing. You can't hide that from a mama. Oh, listen. You can tell your mama all kinds of stuff, but your mama knows you're saved or lost. Don't you give her all that stuff. Don't you start throwing some of this conversion language around and then treat them like the devil themselves. See, salvation is a change of behavior. Huh? Oh, yeah. No change, no conversion. Where'd you get that, preacher? I'm so glad you asked. Paul said, are you ready for this? If any creature, that's man, woman, boy, or girl, be in Christ, that's being saved, in Christ. Any man, woman, boy, or girl be in Christ, they're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Can I tell you, salvation, salvation is a change of belief that results in a change of behavior. You do what you do because you are who you are. So every mama in the house, help me here. You ain't fooling your mama. Your mama knows if you're right with Jesus or you're not. Your mama knows if you're saved or you're not. This mama heard the word of God because she came and expressed faith towards God. He said she's healed now. She goes home and she finds her words, the devil gone out of her daughter. Change behavior. She's a different girl. She got her baby. No change of behavior, no work of salvation. Sinner, I'd beg you to come and be changed by the power of God because the gospel is the only thing I know that makes crooked people straight. No one can deny or even argue with the power of God demonstrated as evidence of a changed life. You can say what you want to, but God changes your life. No one can argue. All they can say is that's just not who they used to be. So dear Christian mother, I want to close by asking you to look at the faith of this dear woman who brought deliverance unto this little girl. And I want to ask, how many are the blessings that come to us from the prayers and the faith of others in desperation? The Bible says that 10 righteous men can save a city. The house of Potiphar was blessed for Joseph's sake. In a tragic shipwreck, the 276 were spared because of Paul's faith. So, Mother, would you please come and intercede on behalf of your lost and wayward child? For that child who's in the clutches of the devil, who's asphyxiated in this world, would you not come and be found begging for spiritual bread on their behalf? Mama, would you come and beg God for your children's salvation, safety, or sanctification, whatever the need is? 
And by the way, I know this is Mother's Day, but Dad, you're a dad. Why don't you lead the way by coming? You're called to be a leader. And children, especially those who say, quit treating me like a child. I'm old enough to make my own decisions. Good, good, prove it. Man up, woman enough. If you're not right with God, make a choice. Your mama's been praying for you. Your daddy's been praying for you. Come and get right with Jesus. If you're saved but your life's not pleasing to the Lord, it's time to grow up. It's time to quit playing. Prove it. Come crawl up in the lap of God. Aren't you glad you can? Tell Him you're sorry. Ask Him for a spiritual bath. Confess your sins. He's faithful and just to cleanse you of your sins. And all unrighteousness. That's a good word. Come. If you don't know Jesus, I beg you to come. Be my great privilege to take the word of God and show you how to be saved. Let's honor him today. He's with us. Let's trust him. Father, thank you for the privilege to share your word. God, I've tried to obey your text. Follow the leading of the spirit of God. You've been helper and strength to us this morning. And this is your invitation. As your word has went forth, I pray that it would not fall on deaf ears and calloused hearts. But God, you'd open our ears, you'd open our hearts, give us faith to respond to the word of the living God. Could lives be changed this morning if they'd just come and seek you? God, give us godly mothers of the te- like of the text that'll fight for their children, fight for their families, fight for their spouses, fight for their situation by having faith and trust in you. God, give them bread today, sweet manna from heaven, and we'll give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.